I mean, these are the things that I think about. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be, and welcome to It's So Real. With your boy Yoso. And your girl Rocky. What's good, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the show. And today's episode, Rocky, tell them what we got for him. Part five of our Finding Balance series. Yes. A world out of balance. Yeah. All right. So with that, remember to check out part one through four. <laughs> so part one right. is uh, divine masculine and feminine energy. Part two is how to become a balanced man. Part three. Three is how to become a balanced woman. You got and it. Part four is how to have a balanced relationship. Please check out all of those in our Finding Balance series available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple. Anywhere where you listen to a podcast, you, you know, will find our podcast. It's, it's a lot of them. <laughs> and then uh, definitely check out our YouTube video clips of those audio episodes. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's video on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. Thank you all for our subscribers, our listeners. We appreciate you. Yes. And spread the message. Like, I feel like this series especially is definitely one that needs to be heard, needs to be discussed, mm-hmm. need to be reflected upon. Um, so definitely share these episodes because these conversations are something we really think society needs to start having. Yeah. You know, for sure. For sure. Um, So with that, uh, we are, since we've addressed a lot of the masculine and feminine energy um, in our previous episodes, we are going to save that uh, topic until later in the show. Yeah. uh, Give y'all a little break. You know, and and we want to talk about some of the other ways (laughs) the world is out of balance. Right. Um, So yeah, so with that, uh, let's go ahead and explain our two sides of the same coin segment. All right. So two sides of the same coin. You see the coin. It's a quarter this time, so we don't get mixed up. <laughs> the Costa Rican coin is right here in case that one gets lost. It won't. It won't. Mm, mm. <laughs> All that shade over there. All that shade. I sip tea. Mm, except you don't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I got water today. <laughs> Anyways, two sides of the same coin. Basically, we uh, flip a coin. Whoever calls it correctly gets to answer the questions first. Mm-hmm. And whoever won the coin toss first... That determines who goes first in the next segment, the following segment, which I will let you uh, describe. But we actually don't have a uh, our other segment today, just because these oh, okay. questions we didn't come up with yeah. it <laughs> uh, would probably just last the hour. So just Most going into with these, the discussion. yeah, we have five questions in our two sides, and just with the topic, we think we're just gonna. Just going to ride out with the two sides today. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes we switch it up, but that is like the formula Mm -hmm. of our show to keep things organized and Mm -hmm. nice and even, you know? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's how we do it. So after this, we get to flipping and see who goes first. All right. Go ahead. Call it. You want me to call it? Yeah. I'm going with heads. All right. This time it's a quarter, so we know. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I can't tell. Uh-huh. Oh, it's fell. Well, why, by your reaction, I'm going to say you lost. So I'm going to take that. <laughs> you right. All right. It was tails. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. the first question is, <laughs> how is humanity 
out of balance with nature. Okay. Um, so I would say, so I'm, I'm big into nature. Like a lot of my spirituality is nature. I love watching nature documentaries, whether that's mm-hmm. just about the environment or about other species. Like I'm just it's true. really, I love, I love nature. So it took a while for me to accept this technological age as something that humanity has reached a point where we are never getting back what used to be so us 90s babies how we had it before social media before the internet really went widespread like it's we're not yeah we're not going (laughs) back to that time and like for me i loved how the indigenous lived in harmony with nature and i was like if the world starts over i would like to be in that and Osa was like but we have this technology now and some of it is beneficial i don't think we ever going back and i'm like damn it I don't like it. So, it would be the equivalent of us, like, some of the natives who got the bow and arrow, mm-hmm. eventually, when they got it, mm-hmm. and, and being like, nah, let's not use it. We killing too many buffalo. <sighs> I know, I know, I know. Which so I've, I've was come, the thing. <laughs> I've come into acceptance. I know in my cultural anthropology class, uh, we, were, we were talking about, um, he asked the question, like, if we would bring, like, video games and TV to an indigenous culture. And he he was saying that a lot, especially Americans, have this image of the noble savage and and basically how we want to vacation in authenticity. So we don't want to vacation to some place that resembles our home in the modernization and technology. Mm. We want to vacation and, and experience a different culture, that mm-hmm. exoticism, I think he called it. Um, but yeah, and, and saying like, who are we to stop them from growing you know like Mm. if they want to have this in their society in their culture who are we to say no we don't think you should have it because you should remain authentic you know so so i've come to acceptance with like we are here where we are and we can become in balance we didn't do that we didn't say how to become in balance we're talking about how we're out of balance we didn't say how we're becoming in balance how we are becoming imbalanced? Or how we can become imbalanced in these topics. What do you mean? I'm confused. Okay, so we're talking I don't about... I audience. <laughs> we're talking about how we're out of balance in the world, but we aren't saying how, how we, we can... How we can become balanced? Yes. Because you were saying imbalance, and I'm like, imbalance? Oh, no, not... That's what I'm saying. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I was like, what yeah, are you not talking that. about? <laughs> yeah, how we can become balanced. Okay. Do, do you think we can do that with each segment? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... Like, naturally, with those questions, I think... I yeah. was going to answer those. Yeah, that, and that, that's why I found myself going. And yeah, I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. we didn't plan that, but sure. Okay. Um, all right, so so let's do that. Uh, okay, so <laughs> how is humanity out of balance with nature? Mm-hmm. Uh, we are out of balance because of the amount of time we spend within four walls. We go from the house to the car mm-hmm. or a vehicle of transportation to work. We're surrounded by walls, and we are barely experiencing outside so that means time in the sun that means fresh air that means a greenery just talking about like you know greenery (laughs) is very soothing like just spiritually naturally like we we are a part of nature as much as humans try to deny it we are so yes that brings peace that brings healing when you are out in nature and and yeah the fact that we don't experience that the fact that we don't uh, really have any experience with animals outside of pets and that's a very power 
uh, dynamic as far as humans over the pets. Yeah, there are, you like, know? independent animals that don't have to, like, rely on us. Yeah. So, yeah, with that comes, like, respect for their own autonomy and independence mm-hmm. versus our dogs. It's like, you're going to love me because mm-hmm. I take care of you? Mm-hmm. And, and then you're going to, you know, it's that reciprocity thing where it's like, Exactly. Animals in nature don't need you. Exactly. Clearly, they in nature. <laughs> you know? um, so as far as like, so that's how I think we're out of balance mm-hmm. just with our literal disconnect with nature right. and ways that we can become in balance. I'm loving seeing buildings with greenery. So the fact that I saw one article and it was saying that they are, you know, technology. They're using some kind of moss or something as a, like something that's biologically based within the cement that's able to grow. So basically you have moss on side of buildings Mm -hmm. and I've seen buildings with moss, with plants, people are just planting things, having like, um, vertical, uh, what's it? Pots, like vertical, like things that you can plant. Um, and they're designing buildings with that. And to me, the buildings look a lot better surrounded by plants. Like I don't, it's just again, green is a soothing, soothing, uh, us just color. I agree, because but, of you that. Know, some people are very um, industrial in their style, so they like the the grit and grind of the industrial age. Yeah, the, the cityscape was never attracted steel, to me. The cityscape was never attracted you know? to me. When people are like, oh, the skyline, I don't give a shit. That's not pretty to me. Like, it's just, it's nature is more beautiful than anything man can create. I'm sorry. Like, it's just that's just me but it's, that's how i say we can become more in balance of of having um renewable energy is how we can be more in balance like um having our cars be solar powered like i don't know how we haven't got there just make sure the windows can receive the solar energy like i don't I don't get it. I mean, bump all that, yo. We had electric. We at that point, all cars should be electric at this point. Yeah. It doesn't make any that sense. That part. The fact that we're still not in balance with nature. Because uh, we're literally drilling into the earth and <laughs> then <Rock> killing <laughs> the rest of the planet with us on Causing it. Causing earthquakes, you all know, types of shit. That's smart of humans. But, um, you know, poisoning the water. <laughs> yeah. All that shit. The last example I'll give of how we can become balanced, and I'll, I'll give it over to Oso, mm-hmm. is... Uh, Letting go of animals in captivity because we say it's for all these good things, but it's not. It's just for human entertainment. So like for me, I wanted to swim with dolphins. That was the one thing on the bucket list. I needed to happen. That's just, again, I thought I wanted to be a dolphin. I wanted to be a mermaid. I just, it was, that was my animal. Okay. And then when I came to this awareness and I was like, fuck, Dolphins are in captivity. How am I going to do this? But then I found a way in New Zealand specifically, because I do want to go to New Zealand, but I have started seeing them offered other places where you can swim with wild dolphins. It's an entirely different experience because Mm. these dolphins are not trained. So, and they're wild animals. So you're literally just in their environment, witnessing them, which I believe, you know, Past all the, you know, the dolphin getting you swimming and, and stuff and jumping over you and stuff. Like, it's it's an actual authentic experience with another species. So those are some ways that you can become balanced and humanity can come become balanced within nature. So what say you, Oso? How is humanity out of balance with nature and how can we become balanced? I think the biggest thing we're out of balance with nature um, relates to what you were saying Um we as human beings 
just stop right there. We think we're like separate yes, from other the superiority creators. complex. Yeah, so we don't even necessarily categorize ourselves amongst the rest of the animals. Mm-hmm. So there's that part, like mm-hmm. that superiority uh, perspective that we come with from the jump. Mm-hmm. So you got to address that first. Yes. <laughs> so we definitely have a balance when it comes to that. Um, and we need some humbling in that. You in know. That which I think is coming. Mother Nature don't play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, we we thought we were more powerful, and I don't know why, because she keeps showing us. So speaking of that, that would be like the second way I would say. So first way is through the actual animals, fellow cohabitors of this earth that we live on. Yeah. Um, and then the second way would be within the earth itself. So the actual environment that we inhabit. So we drill on this land, we poison our own water, um, all in the name of profit, uh, because that's the way our systems as a humans, <sighs> that's like the, the <laughs> profit-driven system was created by us as humans. Fucking capitalism. Um, so, so, yeah. Animals don't have that. They have more of the uh, sustainability mm-hmm. model. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and not even consciously, but it's just yeah. like within that ecosystem, mm-hmm. it's the circle of life type shit. Like, it's the circle of life. Yeah, you know what it is? Like, <laughs> antelope becomes the grass, the grass. Yeah. <laughs> they eat the grass, but we eat the antelope. And it's like, you know, all that shit, all that. I like the deep voice you did, you know baby. I mean? Yeah, all that. <laughs> Get my bad white Mufasa on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so being balanced within mm-hmm. the actual world, the actual earth, this land that we live on, it's rare. We aren't doing that because we're looking to gain resources and get the upper advantage Exploit. over our fellow humans, you know? And whatever means that comes, it just happens to be. At the expense of our environment. <laughs> and I loved seeing the first couple of weeks uh, Ooh, of quarantine. Right? Because the so animals nice. did come out. And it was like, finally, the humans took a seat. <laughs> and like, we can also experience this planet. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that the, like, the air cleared up, you know? Like, the fact that the air they cleared said, up like, just by us sitting in the fucking house. They said that, like... That like first week or whatever did more to help with climate change <laughs> than all these initiatives, all uh-huh. the things that we did. because all it was was like we because our biggest problem is we have no collective agenda. When collectively everybody thought, mm. oh, we could die mm. of a pandemic yeah. that could ravage all of humankind, we were all like, oh, well, we gonna stay our, our asses inside. The mm-hmm. majority of us yeah. because we had that one collective thing that unified us. Mm-hmm. It was like the fear of. This could be the end of our whole race. Not talking about black or white, human. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know how bad this was going to be. Which again, animals probably like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the ways I think we're out of balance. Um, to get back into balance, some of the things you mentioned when it comes to the animals, respecting animals, being in their own natural environment mm-hmm. may give us a different perspective and respect for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so just putting ourselves in those positions of being humbled, just like how we travel to different areas to experience different humans' experiences, yes. we should do the same thing when it comes to animals. Mm-hmm. Um, just being in their environment. We used to do this when we were children, like look at the ants' um, mm. you know, nest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the hornet's nest. Look all these things. Don't do that. No, you're looking at it. But you ain't touching <laughs> Inside it, the house. <laughs> right. But you're like at looking. Nighttime. You're looking at all these 
small ecosystems. Yes, fascinated by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just, I think because we get so consumed within our ecosystem or more economic system rather, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we don't even look outside of that to see what nature is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really the biggest thing when it comes to the animals. That respect, for sure. Yeah. And then on the planet side, yeah, just shifting it towards being that same thing that I was talking about where it's sustainability and nurturing the land that you live on versus just sapping the energy out of it and then moving on to the next land. I feel like that's kind of our like approach. To that's things. why they looking for these other planets so we can live there. More and I'm yeah, like, y'all like- did not see Wally. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have to cultivate the land that you're on. Like good farmers are like, when they have good soil, they gotta take. Care they of make it. sure they they take care of that soil. They know that their land is precious. Mm-hmm. Versus just being like, oh, this is some good land that has some oil on it. Let me take all the oil out and say fuck the land, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then fuck up the environment around that land mm-hmm. that was able to sustain itself through it, whether it was like that clean water or that clean air or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Um, which we don't have as much. So just doing that, shifting our mindset from. Damn, how how much can we take from the earth to how can we make sure that we sustain or give back to the earth? I'll take sustain, but give back would be the most beneficial because I think the more you give back to the land, like the farmer, the more you get back. And that would be the balance. (laughs) It's a give and take. Yes, exactly. And the more you give... This Mother Earth. If you give Mother Earth, a mo- Mother Earth is abundant in resources. You know, you know the resources for us that are abundant. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them shits is finite. <laughs> All right, so this leads into the second question okay. of the show. Uh, yeah, I'll call it mm-hmm. Tales. I got it. <laughs> I'm tired of this. See, okay. see where I'm at? Last time I was like, look, I'm on a roll, but usually it ain't like this. Now we're back to usually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next question is, how is our intellectual selves out of balance with our primal selves? Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of want you to explain the question before I answer. Okay. So in the question, we're talking about in broad in broad sense, society's fixation on intellectualism versus intuition, in a sense. Mm. Um, yeah, so this definitely goes back to the masculine and feminine, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why we didn't want to do it first because a lot of these things are gonna tie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of times in society we overemphasize our known understanding of things mm-hmm. versus our felt reality of things and our maybe some would say spirituality or just innate feeling mm-hmm. of sometimes right or wrong mm-hmm. like versus this could get me the most the resources yeah you know mm-hmm. so kind of like that mm-hmm. um, okay yeah, the way explain. that i thought about this question was the whole uh eurocentric ideology of mm-hmm. civilized quote-unquote Um, and how, you know, the white man was civilized, but any indigenous person was primitive. They were savages and projection, you you know? (laughs) Yeah. Cause who colonized the world? Woo! let me get some water. Rape and pillaging. Because, uh, is that not savage? (laughs) So, so yeah, because that mentality took over the world, like now, yeah, there there is this superiority still, 
um, within even how we view ourselves, you know, because what was quote unquote civilized was spread. So even if you're, if you're looking at black people, we demonize African, uh, traditional African belief systems. And it's because we were raised in a Eurocentric perspective, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so even looking at like that, it, um, but excuse, excuse me. What in the world? Take, take your water. It's cool. Mm. No, no rush. <laughs> but um, what I wanted to say is like the reason also behind this perspective is because humans think we're the smartest species on earth. Mm. And you really got to dissect which intelligence we're referring to. Because when it comes to social intelligence, elephants mm. and orcas and dolphins got us beat. Mm. They got us beat, y'all. Interesting. So, and and again, it's like the smartest species. Like, just because we can't communicate with animals doesn't mean they can't also think. Right. You know? Like, our, our closest relatives, primates... Um, are able to make tools like mm-hmm. we are. They are able to uh, make decisions. Like primatology is so researched because they're trying to figure out how we do relate to other species. And primates are our closest relatives and they do see a lot of similarities, okay? Even with, like, even when it comes to parenting, like we're so above, you know, uh, like, you know, conditioning. Like, nah, as a parent, you mimic, you model what you want for your children to do. And that's what other animals do. Yeah. There is no necessarily direct communication. It's just like, I'm doing this, follow what I'm doing. Mm. You know, but it, humans think we're so above it that that can't be a way a child learns. And it's like, nah, them first three years of life, when they can't talk <laughs> and they can't understand your language fully, ah, a lot of that is observation, bruh. Yeah. I agree. You know, um, hmm. yeah. So I would say like those are some of the ways we're out of balance. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it to you because this one was was your question <coughs> and I'm not totally sure about all of it. Uh, are we touching <laughs> on um? Because I don't know if we talked to because a lot of this is gonna deal with um sex as the, well. This is the question. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I wasn't sure if we separated into two. Um, so yeah, uh, on, on the other end of the spectrum, when it comes to this question, I think we're out of balance, again, talking about intellectually versus our primal disease, uh, needs and desires. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time, we try to think our way out of things that we're trying to actually feel that are, or things that need to be felt. So a good example is kind of like in a way therapy so and maybe this is a balanced thing uh, but a lot of people go into therapy thinking that they can think their way out of uh, uh, of a conflict yeah um so i have a lot of clients um most uh, most of my clients now are i'm probably even but i'm getting more men as clients mm-hmm. um for individual therapy uh lately at least inquiries i don't know if i'm taking them <laughs> mostly i'm couples well i was getting a lot of men seeking individual therapy mm-hmm. pre-covid like right before covid i was getting an influx yeah, yeah. so but so sometimes these men come into it and they will conceptually get everything that i'm saying they'll be able to break down mm-hmm. what happened how they got there mm-hmm. the trauma how connecting all the dots and mm-hmm. it's like cool 
but they haven't let themselves actually feel and experience sit with them sit feelings. with those feelings and that is the catalyst towards change that actually makes lasting change possible mm-hmm. um but that overemphasis on the intellectual aspect of it doesn't allow room for that yeah. so that's like one example of that and if you expound that on larger society within the world you'll look at it as like us stressing certain sciences and other things and then defunding art programs yes defunding music programs mm-hmm. defunding uh all these things that we, we say even degrees Life skills we we we, we shame like, oh, oh you got sure. a, you got a liberal English, arts yeah English degree? yeah poetry degree like all that for stuff sure. <laughs> definitely and to a certain extent i get that but but that's in the context again of our society that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier in number mm-hmm. one where it's like we're monetary like we're all about the money like mm-hmm. we're all about capitalism and in that system, yes, your artistry, if it can't make money, is valueless or not, or less valuable. I don't think it's valueless, period, but like it's way less valuable. And that's in the what you saw during COVID is an art explosion. Yes, <laughs> you did. Because we need that is what soothes the spirit, y'all. That speaks to us. That's that's the balancing act. And that's why I keep I guess that's the reason why I really wanted to ask the questions like mm-hmm. I'm gonna get to the sex part later. Yeah, I mentioned after this. <laughs> no, like go to it. Yeah, no, I mean like after I explain. Uh, the <laughs> so, I was like, no, I'm I'm interested. I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna explain it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yeah, that's that was the point of 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 me explaining it mm-hmm. in that way. Is like, I think the overemphasis on intellectualism prevents us from truly tapping into parts of ourselves that are innate and primal to us. So like when it comes to sex Mm -hmm. and when it comes to our primal nature of attraction, sometimes you try to think our way out of it. Um, Lately, I've been watching a lot of Kevin Samuels, y'all. So, you know, if y'all don't know Kevin Samuels, he's a like a relationship, uh, I would say like consultant, uh, image consultant as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So what his job is on his self uh, described job, and I might be butchering some of it, but to, from my understanding, is someone who is looking to get high, uh, women connected to those deserving women, quote unquote, uh, connected to high value women and get them out of their own way if they're seeking you those. You mean high value men? High, oh, yeah, high value oh, men, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> looking at it from my perspective. I know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, seeking them in that way in order to uh, yeah get the the men that they actually uh, want. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of his uh, his points are directed towards in ironically that primal attraction. Sure. So he talks about mm-hmm. it a lot, as in like masculine men naturally are attracted to this, this, and that. And I find like a lot of the women that he's talking to are very much because they grew up in the society, very intellectually based. And they think because they've been told this mm-hmm. on an intellectual level that mm-hmm. if I have such, such and such, that equals high quality, high value. Therefore, I should have a high quality, high, uh, high value man versus when Kevin Samuels talks about it, a lot of his stuff is coming from just a primal space of like. Dude, the man has all the resources. So take this whole capitalistic society off the table. What would he want? 
it's just primal at that point. Mm-hmm. He would want the childbearing hips. <laughs> he would want the corpora- cooperation. Mm-hmm. He would want the, at some times, submissiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would want to be somewhat a, a woman who's nurturing and could uh, provide a good environment for his children. So it's like, if you aren't coming with those things. And someone who's attractive. And yeah, you know, all, all, that, all that stuff. So if you aren't coming with that, but you're assuming that you should get that guy based off of intellectual stuff mm-hmm. or stuff based on the society of capitalism, you have to think about it from a different perspective. And I think that's why people get so mad at him is because he's looking for only that lens. <laughs> and he's like, but I did all these other things. And I, I, I wish I could step in and I am going to step in like eventually when it comes to smart love and, and, and put in my two cents. Two T's. Two T's. <laughs> two T's. And put my two T's into it. <laughs> um, and saying that what we were discussing basically throughout this whole series is you need balance. Because mm-hmm. if you have the balance, you'll be able to really pick and choose when you show up in certain ways based on the scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, so in that case, knowing when to act and be feminine, tap into your femininity, even though you are independent. Like, it's okay to know that you don't need a man, mm-hmm. but display that you want him (laughs) like what the hell (laughs) and then a new term well not a new term but something that i newly recognized and considered was interdependent where it's like we are depending on each other as life partners Mm -hmm. that's that healthy the healthy uh opposite or other uh, other coin other Mm -hmm. side of the coin of um codependency yes so codependency is an unhealthy dependence it's like you i can't live without you mm-hmm. <laughs> you complete me you complete you're my other me. half that's uh, that uh, because you are a whole person uh, or should be working to become a whole person y'all like my cry uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know i just ignored it too i'm like oh, nah you was going to ignore my you, cry do you, see do you do these sound effects that often that I should I, keep look, going? <laughs> maybe. Let, hey, let me know. <laughs> y'all, y'all, loyal and so real listeners, do I be making these sound effects and just don't be knowing that? Oh, point? I mean outside the show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, either way, I guess that's just part of me. Uh, you got to deal with this one, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Sound effects and all. I love you too. <laughs> but yeah, that that's my answer for that one. I think mm. we just need to uh, find a balance, tap into... Mm. The intellectual and the, you know, the primal, like, innate feelings that we were born with. And I think it's okay. Like, it's okay. It doesn't negate everything else. Like, it's not this either or. Both and. I always compare it because I think men had to go through the hump and and again over it. Mm -hmm. But uh, women are having a difficult time now Mm because of the overcorrection. (laughs) Um, But I always compare it. It's like, for me... I mean, you're na- your natural response will tell me this. It would be like me shaming myself for dancing or liking music because mm-hmm. it's more feminine. Yeah, see? He's <laughs> that, a great dancer. That's what I mean. I love that he dances. <laughs> but if I wanted to be like, oh, like, nah, I got to be out here. I got to, you know. If Y'all, I, I, I get random salsas and random, we have twerk sessions and times, shit. And, it's, and of course, if you are a good dancer, then that definitely impacts your stroke game. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> I I love that you dance, baby. I've always wanted a dancer. So. Right. But for other people, 
that is a more feminine thing. So I could Ooh, easily yes. reject it and be like, nah, I got to be all in my boss masculine shit. And then I'm missing out on a part of, of me, again, mm-hmm. part of me mm-hmm. that just naturally comes out and is part of my creativity. Yeah. So it's the same thing with women. It's like I think you've denied all of your femininity because you've been been too strong for too long. Mm-hmm. And, and then you feel like giving giving up, being feminine is giving up power, basically. Yes. And it's like, that's That's not what it. people think. That's what women think. Femininity is power. It's just like, again. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's just like what I was saying. It's like how I tapped into my dancing and you just said, oh, I get to sauce and all that. Why do you think that is? That's power. That's tapping mm-hmm. in. That's that balance. Same way I could be like, yo, I'm on my boss shit. I got to grind. Mm-hmm. That's also attractive. You talk, talk, you've talked about this on the podcast too. Like, yes. it's attractive when he's on his own shit. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> balance. Yes. You get to dance with me and I'm like, get out of my room. I got work to do. <laughs> it happens. That literally might happen uh, like this week. I, yeah. <laughs> I know. We dancing and I was like, all right, I got to go. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was definitely going to say that, uh, embracing your femininity can be powerful because when I was in college, mostly it happened in high school too, but I'm sexually liberated. And when I was owning my feminine power, like college was the most attractive I have ever been. Like I gained weight. So I had curves. I was fit. My hair was That's doing, subjective, but okay. I know, but to me, I felt the most confident in my appearance. Right, I've gained a lot more pounds. Oso is loving it, but because it's going to all the right places. But uh, I've been struggling with my locks with yeah, my femininity. It's been a journey. But anyways, like to ass. me, to me, because I wanted to I, y'all, <laughs> ass y'all. Anyways, to me, I owned like I I felt more confident in my appearance when I was in college Mm -hmm. and I fucking owned that. Like I knew that guys wanted me because I was attractive and yes, sometimes I wanted just sex and I knew that it could be a mutual like consensual agreement. Hey, we just in it for the sex, whether that's one night or we having it a little bit longer. Like it's, it's an understood. And I feel like because women especially are raised with, you know, protect this virtue or some shit and then relationship benefits and but also shaming women who do own their sexuality as sluts hoes and all this other stuff um it's yeah it's like not allowing us to own that power Mm. like yes if i know i'm attractive and i can get guys why can't i do that they want me yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it all comes down to like you knowing yourself and like the consequences of your actions and being safe and all those other things. But like the actual act of you doing anything and tapping into your sexuality is like the, the one time you embrace it, everybody's shaming it. You embrace it, it's suddenly such a terrible thing. Well, I think a lot of people are insecure at that time. Like a lot of guys are insecure, a lot of girls are insecure. So if you're confident. Mm-hmm. Um, it draws it's almost like an energy thing like mm-hmm. confidence it's like a light bulb to like a uh, bug zapper or something mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. a light bulb or a bug zapper it's like your light is your confidence your light is mm-hmm. beaming and everybody's like just drawn to it so haters and everything else like they're drawn to that <laughs> versus having their own light mm-hmm. they it's just it happens you get more I think negative attention when you're confident because it's I've seen it before, especially with guys. It's like 
you picture how much effort or whatever that person is in, like whatever position that is, like, and you'll try to demean it because you're not there for whatever reason. So, like, in your case, a girl might be like, she's not even that cute. But it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. the reason why you're saying that is because even if you feel that way, she's not that cute. She's getting what you're not. So even if, like, take, take let's say she's not that cute, according to whatever the fuck your standards are. <laughs> she's not. And she's still getting what you're not. And can get what you probably want. So then you're like, you hate more. You, you mm-hmm. give up more excuses. Mm-hmm. Or, well, then these men are trash. Or whatever. You never look inward to be like, damn, what's she doing that I could probably and do that, to... Yeah, <laughs> you know and, what I mean? And it's not trash to consensually have sex. Like, that's that sex neg- negativity. Like, it's... If I want sex and he wants sex, why is it bad that we both want sex? And we both consented to having sex with each other. Why is that a bad thing? Don't put your shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you just got to recognize, like, the balance and all that. Um, yeah, my most biggest concern when it comes to sex is, like, safety and, mm-hmm. yeah, like you say, consent. Safety when you're actually doing it. Condom, wrap it up, do all that stuff. You know, um, And then safety... Within the procedures of it, like before you do anything, make sure y'all both want to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. you know, cover your bases, man. You know, <laughs> before you get an assault charge. Yeah, <laughs> and then I will say, you know, because we've been watching a lot of of videos about men and women, and um, mm-hmm. more content is coming to you. Yes, this lady right here is gonna be live on YouTube, for reacting. She's gonna be doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Uh, stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, we've been watching a lot. And so so some of these, these women who are pretty, right? Uh, check out our episode, Attraction 101, where we talk about pretty privilege, has, has led to this entitlement that I can get any man just because of my looks. And yes, you may get him. But he's not going to choose to stay with you just because of that. Um, right. So that's that's where you got to, like, offer some more. And if you're not offering some more. For the streets. You know. It's, yeah. Peace. For the streets. That man may not choose you. You know? So it's, it's again, it's both. You can't just have either or in this game. Like, you, yeah, you need. Nobody wants just one or the yeah. other. Like, I've always said, I don't want, like, a ditzy type of girl. You definitely don't have that. <laughs> I, just That that would be annoying to me. Like, just, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? I'm like, I think I would say that. I would, shout out to I've been preached. One of my favorite <laughs> reaction shows. Probably my favorite reaction show. Mm. That and Mioka Tutorials and Reviews. Back in here. <laughs> one more video. <laughs> <laughs> I know that clip. <laughs> All right, this is audio editing on that one. Okay, um, <laughs> damn, fuck that. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> Anyways, but point being, um, I think Abba at one point said that same sentiment. Like he had that same like I guess thought mm-hmm. where he's like, I could never be with like a twenty year old girl who's on. T- TikTok. He was like, he was like, oh my god, TikTok. Mm, oh my gosh, what are we doing today? Uh, 
yeah, he was like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't do it either. And I get it. You do need a certain level of maturity and masculinity, even in feminine women. Because you don't want a, a woman who's, as much as some men, and maybe I'm wrong, but some are probably out there, want somebody that's submissive or dependent. I think there's levels to it. I don't know how, even if you're one of those guys, you could want to be with a girl like that. Because at that point, you're kind of taking care of a daughter slash child. And to me, that's not attractive. Well, that's Again, for other people, healthy. So some people go got ahead. some issues to work through. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want a child. I want a partner slash adult, fine ass woman. Mm-hmm. I don't want a child. I don't want handle, take care of, fuck all that. Mm-hmm. Who has time for that? <laughs> some people do. Yeah. But yeah, balance people. Balance. Balance. <laughs> all boys down too. All right, let's get into the next question. Let's do it. All right. Call it. Hits. Ha, finally. Good, because I wanted you to go first. (laughs) All right. So the next question is, how are we out of balance during the stages of life? Okay. All right. So for y'all who don't know, there are developmental stages that take place within our lives as human beings. Really is almost any species does. It just looks very different depending on that species. Yeah, that's true. So us as human beings go through several stages in our lives. I'm not going to go through all of them in their exact detail as in like a psychological breakdown. Um, well, so, I actually learned it in cultural anthropology. So yeah, you maybe you can do it like Wait, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was it? <laughs> Sorry. It might have been in my personal growth and development class. Probably that one. So well, either way. Either. There's infancy. Mm-hmm. There's uh, early childhood. <clears throat> there's middle childhood. There's pubescence, and then there's adolescence, and then there's early adulthood, middle adulthood, and then I forget the rest. I think there's right. like a late. There's adulthood. like at least seven or eight. Yeah, there's a lot. So that's why, that's why I was like, I ain't gonna go like down piece by piece. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna generalize. Some of them might be mixed together. Like yeah. adolescence is gonna be broad. Young adulthood is gonna be more broad. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say those terms versus what she was disclaiming. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Let's let's get into it. So when it comes to developmentally, I think starting from the jump at a young age, we are unbalanced because of the way we treat our infants and the whole yes. yeah. The, from the jump, we we socialize them to be in certain uh, fields or activities. Boys play with the trucks, blah blah blah. Girls play with the dolls, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And how we dress them. How we dress them. Colors, coordination, et cetera, et cetera. The so, sports they play. All that. So it's mm-hmm. like, um, it's okay to maybe, I don't even, I, I think it's okay to assume to a certain extent what your child's natural um, tendencies or leanings are going to be when it comes to masculinity or femininity. But at a certain point, you need to look and be proactive about discovering for them, them discovering for themselves what that looks like. So for me, like if we have a child that's born with a penis, I'm calling him Nasir. I'm, I'm going to say him. I'm going to say all those things until uh, until I'm told otherwise or I peep otherwise. And we See do plan because, you know, I'm queer. <clears throat> so I plan to raise our children with knowledge of the LGBTQ plus community so they will have books on gender identity so mm-hmm. they can figure it out themselves right but that's my point it's like i don't i don't even see anything wrong with yeah that 
first initial assumption because like certain <laughs> certain things that you got to do that are gendered based on our society. Maybe we could change those things later, but like And it's just like operating in the yeah, society yeah. based on how you present practically to do it to make sure that things run smoothly up to a certain point. Yeah, mm-hmm. you might have to assume certain things close, et cetera, et cetera. Like you can do what you want, but no, these are the consequences that will come with it. Right. Um so that's for first when it comes to infancy. Again, I'm not stressing either extreme. I'm not stressing like, oh, you a boy. You going to be a boy and you going to act like this. Like, I'm not stressing that. I'm not stressing everything's whatever. <laughs> you, can, you can do this. You can do that. Even if you don't, even if you're leaning more masculine. No, but don't you like dolls, though? So you can be balanced. It's okay. He likes trucks. He's going to like trucks. It's okay. If I'm not going to force him to be more feminine just because I want him to experience both be balanced in that way balanced isn't like everything's even Mm -hmm. balance is knowing where you lean Mm -hmm. it's not like everything's neutral (laughs) everything's masculine feminine do that masculine do that feminine do that uh feminine do that masculine Mm -hmm. it's not that Mm -hmm. that's not what i'm talking about um so that's infancy uh i would say going into like more into your early adulthood, uh, early um, adolescence slash adolescence time, the socialization, I think, increases when it, with imbalance and puberty. So, I'll speak of it more from a man's perspective because that's always easier for me on the show, <laughs> and I'll be curious to hear yours and maybe you'll relate to it. But for me, I think when puberty hits, we are societally told to triple down slash dig down on our already assumed identities and masculinity for men. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're supposed to become more aggressive or more assertive. We're supposed to be more manly. We're supposed to show that we can handle things. We're not supposed to show that we're soft. It's like we're supposed to differentiate ourselves from our women counterparts during this stage because developmentally our bodies are changing. So if you don't match the part, you'll be taken a you'll be taken apart. So an example of this is there was a guy <laughs> named Nashir. <laughs> I'll never forget him. Cause he hit me in the face with a goddamn ba- uh dodgeball. Swole my whole oh, shit up. Baby. <laughs> it wasn't by like uh on purpose. He was a cool No, dude. them dodgeballs hurt. <laughs> it was <laughs> a dangerous game. <laughs> look, look, for me, when I was playing sports, like, I didn't give a damn if I got hurt. It was just like if you did something like on purpose or you did some shady shit, then I'd be like, all right, let's get active. I'm mad. I'll be upset and I'll feel some type of way about mm-hmm. it. But him, he just was like playing the game, had me, he just caught me. He caught me with a good one. I was like, yo, psh. My nigga, you got me. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Give us some, get some ice. Give me some ice. <laughs> but yo, my shit was like, boop, 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 boop. That shit. Oh, <laughs> baby. It was one of those things, but I really didn't take it that way. And he was like, oh shit. He was like, damn, my bad. Um, but he had a mustache in mm. like seventh, seventh mm-hmm. grade or something like that. And it had a, a big frame. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was assumed. That he had to play this role. So even during that event, he was apologetic. But some of the other guys were like, man, he'll be all right and all this other stuff. Mm. So it pressured him. But but luckily, he was just a good guy. Mm-hmm. So he was still like apologetic to me. I think we were cool at the time, like relatively cool mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of middle school. Yeah. <laughs> so he was still apologetic and still was like, oh, shit. Yo, you okay? Let me do this. How can I help? Blah, blah, blah. Apologetic about like that incident. Mm-hmm. But the pressure 
from the rest of the men was to be like, yo, whatever. Oh, you got him. You tagged his ass, blah, 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 to be more ruthless and less empathetic in mm. that time. Mm. So that's just like a small example of like what we tend to do during those ages because physically mm-hmm. it's matching up with uh, what manhood or masculinity is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So if you're showing femininity during those times when people's bodies are just now getting together, it can stamp you with that, oh, you're feminine stamp. And that could travel with you depending on whether or not you change your attitude or you change physically. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was never the biggest dude, but you just knew. <laughs> like, I I wasn't the dude who you could just walk all over and fuck with. Mm-hmm. I was very nice, um, but my words could cut. <laughs> and, and, and I had, like, social skills. And, like, mm-hmm. I was cool with people who could whoop your ass. <laughs> or or uh, I was just so cool that if you try to do something... Everybody will be looking at you funny, like, why are you messing with him? Mm. Like, he's cool. Like, you messing with, oh, why? Why, mm-hmm. why are you even fucks with him? He's hella chill. Why? Like, what's going on with you that you doing that? Mm-hmm. So, I finessed the shit. And I still had times where I had to stuff down my femininity and, and just be like, fuck all this soft shit. Mm-hmm. But it was because of the environment that I was just in, naturally. Mm-hmm. So, that's that stage. Um, past young um pre-adolescence to adolescence stage going into young adulthood uh i think it shifts from maybe more social in in the sense of like high school social to grown man social and you're shifting towards having to be the provider so you got to get the bag now (laughs) you know what i mean there's no room for self-development when it comes to your emotions Mm mm-hmm uh, how you deal with relationships, mm-hmm. how you deal with conflict, none of that shit. You're like, yo, get the bag, get this money, or you're not going to get the girls. And that's like young adulthood up until like, you know, 20. I, I, I would say I'm still in this phase, and a lot of men are still in this phase, but are shifting towards more self-reflection and growth. But initially, mm-hmm. it was all like, yo, get the bag, mm-hmm. get the money, fuck these bitches. <laughs> fuck these hoes I'm about my paper blah 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 that was that was a whole theme throughout some of my college years this whole song's about that shit <laughs> I'm about the money <laughs> uh, and then from there you go into uh, middle middle aged adulthood I, I don't know from experience about that yet uh, but through some of my clients I see it as this crystallization or solidifying whatever your previous stages set up for you. Mm. So either those things that are were developed back then uh, solidify so hard that it's like you're a rock you can't budge mm. or there's still some level of fluidity allowed and you're learning slowly and you're kind of deconstructing mm. some of that mm-hmm. that you've it's like when people change careers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that those are stages that way I see it and how we become imbalanced on all those levels. And like I said, a lot of it is tied to masculinity and femininity. Mm-hmm. There are other ways that we're imbalanced, of course. But that, to me, is, is a huge part of why when certain people get to a certain age, it's so hard for them to change and realize, damn, the foundation of how I even got to be here and so unbalanced is from my lack of awareness from the mm-hmm. jump. <laughs> so it's hard for people. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, shows like this, 
podcasts like this, videos like this, allow people to get that perspective without necessarily experiencing it right then and there. So like what I'm saying, I've experienced it through clients. I ain't, I'm not, I'm just about to turn 30. <laughs> but because of that, I know the pitfalls and I'm working on like, damn, what parts of my masculinity have I not figured out? What parts of my femininity have I shamed? And I'm working on it. So mm. continuous process. <laughs> Um, so what say you, my love? So definitely boys get the boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely messes up our boys. Uh, as a girl, I, there came a time when my mom didn't want me playing outside, which I really hated. Ooh, uh, because of boys or is it just because, safety? Uh, no, just cause I'm a girl. I'm not supposed to be out here climbing trees and shit. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. That's too um, masculine, maybe? To my mom, yeah. Um, So, <clears throat> I didn't like that, because I like nature. So I like being outside in it. Um, And I forgot what age it was, because like, I used to be outside making mud pies and shit. It was just too dirty to her. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, sure. But, uh, so, I, I recognize that. Um, as far as pubescence... Um, like puberty, um, not necessarily anything with our menstruation, just because that was barely talked about. <laughs> so <coughs> I, I didn't recognize any impact with that, but I do recognize, uh, when our bodies started changing, how there was a lot of regulation of our clothes because mm-hmm. of it. Um, yep. you know, we had to start. I had to start learning to close my legs when I sit. Well, no, I learned that a little bit earlier to close my legs when I sit. Even if I wasn't wearing a skirt, my mom would still say that I needed to close my legs. I've heard that. And then um, I'm like, I'm not even wearing what the fuck, why? And then um, I guess to form the habit so that when you are wearing a skirt, you don't be like, oh. <laughs> I guess uh, loving basketball when Monica had the dress on finally and she opened up and they were like, ooh, and it was she was like, oh shit, got across. Um, I don't even so, remember that scene. I love loving basketball. So. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, yeah, and definitely they, they regulated our clothes in, in school. Um, I couldn't have my shoulders exposed because sexy ass shoulders. Because why, why don't we, uh, restrict the clothes on girls versus teaching boys self control? Um, <clears throat> But yeah, so so a lot of a lot of um, I know in college we couldn't wear skirts uh, that were shorter than our middle finger. Um, like yeah, it was a lot of regulation of our our clothes because of our bodies. And then you also have to take into account. And I where was I? I don't know. I was in a group of women, and they said this: like um, clothes are made through. I forgot what she called it, like prints or something. Like it's not measured to size like when when they're making clothes it's mm-hmm. from like a, a standard print like it's it's not like i'm measuring you and then designing the clothes to fit you mm-hmm. so a lot of the clothes that a lot of black Cookie women cutter. wear yeah. yeah a lot of the clothes that black women wear aren't made for us so oh, yeah so therefore like a lot of our skirts or dresses come up higher in the back because I we got ass i remember we really need them to come down lower <laughs> i remember i don't even remember who this girl was i just remember she had this skirt on she used to be in like the game room mm-hmm. and i just remember it 
her ass because her ass was just poking out mm-hmm. the skirt would just lift up and yeah. it was the sexiest shit in the fucking world yes <laughs> but it's like we can't control who's making but this you could shit. tell like if it was a white girl who had that it would be laid yeah uh-huh yeah so but her but yeah, shit was poking though our, I'm like, our like, clothes oh. were regulated because of that and it's like well tell me where to buy clothes where they're fit for my shape because i'm just struggling to find it and then at one point like they restricted shorts and i'm like well point me in the direction because all the shorts i see in all the stores are short so tell me what you want me to do <laughs> so mm. so yeah like I, I feel like there was a lot of regulation there um in early adulthood and mm-hmm. late adolescence uh marriage becomes a, a real priority mm-hmm. and we're consistently being asked uh you know That's where's our husband yeah. when are we having kids you know it's is a very That's... consistent question uh throughout that time that's a good point so i would say like those are the ways but uh when we were having a conversation about this question earlier i like to think about how like yeah women are also in career mode uh during that early adulthood Mm -hmm. and then as we're approaching 30s we're also like our bodies are changing our idea of fun is changing like we're (laughs) we're seeing ourselves uh, transition into family mode like me being a mom you being a dad Mm -hmm. and like how that shifts what we want to do, how we view things, like who we are and who are we're becoming. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a good perspective. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I, ain't that why y'all love the show? You get the man <laughs> and the woman's perspective, a queer woman at that, a straight man at that. Pretty diverse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't nothing queer in that because I didn't know. But, but um, still, like you, you gain that perspective, and uh, as the show goes along, mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing about y'all, our audience. Yeah, so like you get to see us grow as we are grow. continuing these this, these journeys mm-hmm. together. Exactly. So you get to see us try to balance things out. Like mm-hmm. we're not perfect at, at by all. no means, <laughs> at all. but you get to see us proactively try to to build this foundation for our, our, our family yes. our children children <laughs> little little osos and rockies that's not gonna be their they're names they're not that's so yeah. not gonna be their names at all <laughs> all right you ready for the next question yeah uh did you want to take a break you know what yeah let's take a quick break um for the purposes of my voice and my bladder <laughs> just let them know everything you we know keep it real. and we keep it real over here <laughs> could have said those things no, i just <laughs> Just kidding, y'all. Uh, but yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with the rest of the show. We yes. got what? Two more questions? Two more questions. Two more questions. So we'll be right back. All right, y'all. All right. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> All right. Peace. And love. For now. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, y'all. Let's get to it. All right. Stay to it. You know what I mean? You going to flip that coin? I'm going to flip that thing. Oh, flipped it a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, what took the camera out? Hold up. Oh, you good? <laughs> Call it, baby. Tails. Tails. Ooh, guess who's making a comeback? Heads, baby. That's all right. Okay. I forgot who won, but it don't matter. All right. <laughs> yeah, it don't matter. It's cool. The next question is, and this may be a controversial one. Okay. How is inclusiveness throwing society out of balance Mm. inclusiveness how is it throwing society out out of balance 
Okay, so this is definitely controversial, but hey, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> so, so first I want you to talk about your theory of overcorrection. Okay, yes. So, very important that I break down this before we have the overall conversation, because okay. this is going to lead to, I believe, better understanding of the the world that we're in and, mm-hmm. and put things into context. Mm-hmm. So, when there's a wrong or something done to some person they usually internalize that and try to figure out a way. Like, this is just the way our brains work. Internalize it and try to figure out a way to prevent that from happening again. It's just natural defense ne- mechanism within us. Stove is hot. You get burned. Body's like, ow, that hurts. Don't hurt yourself again. <laughs> you learned your lesson. Like, no, don't do that. How can I prevent that again? I wear mittens, I wear this, or whatever. Like, whatever precautions. Or you just don't do it again. Oh, yeah. Like, when I burn myself the first time cooking bacon, I just stop cooking. Right. <laughs> so, that's kind of an example of an overcorrection. Mm-hmm. So, what tends to happen in our society is we take those mes- messages of safety and, again, an innate primal desire to make sure that you're good mm-hmm. and you're safe mm-hmm. and secure. Mm-hmm. We take that and we overcorrect so that our responses to those negative stimuli, whatever it is, getting hurt or burnt by the stove, we take that and flip it to the extreme to where the very thing that we're doing is actually causing more harm than the thing that we suffered from originally. So uh, uh, an example of that is I burn my hand on the stove and then I'm like, well, fuck this kitchen. (laughs) You know what? Fuck all kitchens. Matter of fact, I'm decreeing <laughs> that kitchens are no longer allowed in the United States of America because I got burnt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, what? That's kind of an extreme. Like there's other people who enjoy cooking. <laughs> right. <laughs> so luckily I don't have the power to do that. But like mm-hmm. in a lot of cases in other countries mm-hmm. and other things. With cancel culture. Mm, that is some power. You're gonna get to that. That That's is true. some power. So that is that is uh the example. Hopefully that Broke, I broke that down correctly, and you get the overall example of what overcorrection is and how it shows up. So mm-hmm. that was an extreme example, but I think through that, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Now, let's fast forward to this whole inclusion thing. Mm-hmm. So the response initially for even wanting inclusion to be a topic of discussion and something that we push for is because for so long, so many groups have been marginalized purposely mm-hmm. and have been abused mm-hmm. purposely. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about these things, we're talking about either dismantling or replacing systems, just like the stove, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to address the negative things that were put upon that group or subgroup of people, whatever group that you want to describe like categories because there's so many many, categories and the categories and the categories. So it's like a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still a response to it. Mm -hmm. The problem comes in when you try to overcorrect. And I think the overcorrection is happening within a couple of communities, black communities as well. Yeah. (laughs) So for us, some black people, hate white people (laughs) um and they overcorrect by what they do to white people so these are some people who instead of addressing racism by 
building your own, which is what some people do in response, HBCUs. We've done that historically. Mm-hmm. Building Black Wall Streets and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, we've always talked about on this podcast, we need an army. We need not only to build infrastructure, but build the Something infrastructure to protect, to protect it. it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> we have the same thing with it. <laughs> but um, that's just from us knowing our history. Mm-hmm. But anyway, some white, um, black people hate white people to the extent that they hate all white people. White people haven't even done anything. Mm-hmm. White people might be quote unquote allies to them. They're like, fuck it. I don't even want to see you. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to interact with you at all. I hate you. I'm going to actively, mm-hmm. if I can, do everything I can to hurt <laughs> white people. That's another correction. Because there are plenty of white people that are just like, yo... I was born into this fucked up system. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck this is. I hate it. I hate that. Some people literally say that, like, I hate that I was born white because, not because they hate their skin or themselves, but because of what comes with that, because of the history of some of their ancestors. They're ashamed of Mm -hmm. past generations of their race who have done terrible things to other people based on just the fucking amount of melanin that they had in their skin. And you do have to remember, like, there were white abolitionists, there were white people marching in the civil rights movements and stuff, like, white people marching for Black Lives Matter. Like, it ain't everybody. It ain't everybody. (laughs) So I wanted to give that example because maybe as a black man, it'll be less of a blow when I go into this other shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, can you wait a sec? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, So I also want to say, including (laughs) white people in black spaces is an overcorrection. Because, yes, yes, it is great for us to have conversations about race with each other. However, sometimes we still need our own safe spaces. And if we're always inviting somebody to the cookout, it ain't going to be just us. Right. That's an overcorrection on the other side where it's like you've seen maybe black people who have hated on white people a lot. And now you're like... Well, guys, give them a chance. Let's invite them to the cookout. Like, and sometimes like, I, I want to be with just us. <laughs> right. Like, that. no, that cookout was a specific place for us. Mm-hmm. So, you doing that is you trying to overcorrect because you're like, oh, he's down he, or she's down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Stop inviting cool. people to cookout. They're cool. Like, it's no. I'm not going to cookout for them. <laughs> right. It wasn't meant for them. And and that you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's not denying white people altogether. It's yeah. <laughs> saying that. Yo, we have an intentional space for us because we need that. Mm-hmm. And don't fuck up the space. <laughs> like, I'm in a space full of black women. And it's, like, the first real time where I've been in a space where it's solely black women. Mm-hmm. And it feels so amazing because it feels like we can let down our guard and finally just be ourselves. Yeah. And it feels amazing. That's something that um, some white people get the privilege of having all the time because mm-hmm. they're the majority. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you see it right now. Some of them are freaking out at the slimmest. Right? They about to not be the majority, at y'all. The and they are fucking popping off. <laughs> so, it, the overcorrection needs to be watched on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's the whole point. Now, let's get to the topic here. Let's talk about trans. Let's talk about trans. And non-binary. Yo, the overcorrection is wild. <laughs> and we are literally seeing it play out in front of our eyes. So, uh... I would say the biggest overcorrection when it comes to those within the trans community is, so obviously going back to the stove example, this community has gone through a lot. So they've been burnt by the stove thousands of times Mm -hmm. and understandably they got their guards up. They ready to burn down the kitchens. They're ready to like get rid of the kitchens altogether. Um, That, that would be understandable from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But knowing that, 
knowing what overcorrection is, and hopefully you get it now as I've explained it, you know that that doesn't actually solve anything. That actually creates a bigger problem on the back end. I honestly wouldn't say bigger. I would just say a different problem. You know what? Yeah. It can be bigger depending on what it is. But I can't blanketly say that every time it's going to be bigger. Yeah, so that's you, true. we don't know. You know, but yeah. it will create a different problem. I, I have noticed that, yeah. Most <laughs> like, of the time, it, it creates a pretty a pretty bad problem that you might have been like, oh, fuck, why did I do that? <laughs> but not all the time. So mm-hmm. I can't I can't for sure say the degree to which it will affect things. Um, but in the trans community, I'm in the community as well, it's like the overcorrection comes within canceling, cancel culture, Mm-hmm. Within cancel culture, I would say language, mm-hmm. and there's another one I was thinking of. I can't really think of right now, but those two for sure I want to touch on. So cancel culture, the idea that you will collectively use any resources and influence that you have as a trans person to delegitimize or like just yeah block out a certain person based on their views or your understanding of their misunderstanding of your views. <laughs> J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling is a big example. And I know some of it, but I, w- I would like you to elaborate because I think you've talked I about it. I don't even know that much. Um, <laughs> so I read the statement that she put out mm-hmm. and it's been a while. I didn't know we were going to talk about that. I can't remember everything. Okay. Definitely look it up for yourself. Um, but I, I understood where both parties were coming from. Right. So, and that, and this is a good starting point because when you understand the other side, there's mm-hmm. usually not overcorrection, but mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't really remember. Oh, but I like got all or no, I can't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, I, I thought yeah, you brought it up because you, you had it. Okay. Nah, you put me on the spot. Um, or, I mean, you kind of put yourself on the spot. You brought it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but like, to, yeah. Like okay, listen. We can do a different example. I I can't remember, but for me, for me personally, it wasn't like honestly. If you don't have power over my life, what you say, if you don't have power over my life, call me a nigga. I don't fucking give a shit. I don't care. No, I I, I don't give a damn. Like I so so as far as like her. Uh, you know, claims that she's transphobic and and what she's saying mm. about the trans community, which, oh, I think what she was saying is something that I say, is saying that, like, cis women still need spaces. Mm. So but I'm, I can't, I can't, example. I can't remember if that's what she was saying, but I think that's what I took from it. So I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But that, well, I think that's what I took from well, it. Well, why don't you speak on it just, like, in general? Like, don't no, no use, like, that as that an example. That example? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Cause, cause, so... People might be like in their feelings because like, no, you don't even know. Like, yeah, so I don't. Before I we can't even remember. get into that, let's, just, let's just talk yeah. about it in, in okay. a so, broad sense. So for me, what I've seen, especially with non-binary, is every every space, every language needs to be non-binary and, and gender uh, fluid or mm. neutral. And I'm like, mm, I get that you need representation. Mm-hmm. I get that we need to not have a norm of heteronormativity, of cis-normativity, I get that. Right. And also, I get that you need spaces for your own experience. I get that. Mm-hmm. And also, just because we are now recognizing you doesn't mean that my cis space is no longer needed. Mm. 
you know, and I, and I've been seeing a lot of that. Like, okay, if we are having an event that's co-ed, okay, that is very easy to address non-binary people or trans people within that, right? Like we can, we can address, we can change the language to include everyone, Mm -hmm. right? But if this event is specifically talking about the relationship issues between cis men and cis women, that's kind of specific. Right. So why would you even want to be included in that discussion? And, And it's like, there are issues specifically related to cis people because of the gender norms that are forced on us, right? And it's like, yes, you may have gotten outside of that because you don't, you know, you're not a part of the binary, but some of us are still in it and some of us still need to have those conversations, right? right? Or as a cis woman, sometimes I want to be in spaces with other cis women because I want to have conversations about my body and not have it be this uh body dysmorphia that you may be experiencing right. you know like i like i, I totally understand that. that you know non-binary trans women can be included within womanhood can be included in those spaces where it's not centered on being cis but sometimes there are spaces when it is you know what this reminds me of it's like again another overcorrection is mm-hmm. like i don't see color it's like that no, shit. Stop. I'm br- stop. I'm black and beautiful. Stop. I love my skin. I love my hair. I love my features. It's like the same thing where it's like, it's like denying masculine and femininity, because you're non-binary or you don't subscribe to either one of those aspects or energies more so than the other. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they don't exist. Yeah, and that like, other people do. Like um, you know the the people who are assigned female at birth, mm-hmm. uh, they have uteruses, they experience menstruation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when we're talking about women having periods, it's a, it's an overcorrection to say non-binary people still have periods. And it's like, I get that. But in this context, we're not talking about y'all. Right. You know? And it's like celebrating our differences. Yes. That's the thing. That's, and that's why I brought up the, uh, colorblind bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like that overcorrection erases aspects of you. Like if you're a person who's trans, you've had a journey, literally. That's of, not the same as mine exactly. as a cis person. So, I don't know that experience. So me saying that you're, oh, you're automatically a woman now and you haven't gone through anything else and, and then I, I'm going to just treat you just as such would actually be taking away from and disrespecting the journey that you had. Mm-hmm. Now, if you tell me to do that, then cool. That's mm-hmm. your that's you saying it. Mm-hmm. But for me to just assume that, mm-hmm. that's kind of wild. That's like assuming a black person wants to be treated like anybody else and doesn't want their race to be involved in anything. Fuck all that. I'm black. I'm a black therapist. <laughs> I see black clients. I work at a black group practice. That shit definitely informs a lot of my views. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud of our history. Wow. I'm proud of our resilience. All that yes. stuff. So again, if a trans person has that same pride in their journey, mm-hmm. who am I to deny them of that? Mm-hmm. Now, if they again, if they say, "Nah, dog," I kind of don't even want to think about that, <laughs> and I want to be known as I am. My name is Sarah, and that's it. And I, I don't even want to talk about my passion because it's personal, it's but, drama, but, whatever. But even with that, it's like you still have to experience, like, acknowledge the differences. Right. If you are, say, a trans woman, you did not grow up, and that's a fact, it, and like that affected experiencing. You what a cis woman grows up experiencing in a patriarchal system. So that clearly affected you. And it's like to erase, just erase mm-hmm. that is like, you know how they say like, uh, yeah, they say like, um, is it bi erasure or whatever? Oh, uh, yes, yes. Bi erasure. It's the same concept. It's like, okay, just because <laughs> it would be the same thing. It would be like, 
oh well just because you weren't born uh just liking women that therefore you don't like women that that doesn't make any sense oh gotcha. <laughs> so let me break it down check out our uh bi pride bye 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 episode um where we talk about bi erasure mm-hmm. but but yes so bi erasure is like uh there's only a uh, gay or straight right so like i've been dating men all of my life i was straight <coughs> to some people and then I'm dating woman now. So now, now I'm gay. gay. So it's like, that's erasing bisexuality. That's erasing the fact that, yes, I like both. Right. <laughs> Just because I may be with one gender over another at the time doesn't mean right. that my whole sexuality is erased. Right. So if you're a trans woman, you went through some shit, dog. To get to that point, or, if, or or even just identifying as that, mm-hmm. because of the just the nature of how you, no matter no matter what time you actually discovered or finalized your thought, that was still some internal work. Exactly, that yeah. was a process, and it had to be done within the context of the society we live in. Mm-hmm. That in itself deserves some type of respect, mm-hmm. I think, bare minimum. Yeah. So erasing that. I think is an overcorrection. Now, again, people can do what they want. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of I've seen overcorrections throughout all these times and it doesn't lead to necessarily the best outcome. Yeah. And honestly, this is one that we're honestly going to see play out. Yeah, we're going to see. This overcorrection is we're going to see play out and years from now, it'll be interesting what what happens. You know? Mike Tyson. My bad, (laughs) y'all. All right, we ready for the next one? Yeah, this is uh, last question. Last question. Last huh? question of the show. Call it. Can I call it last one? You sure? Heads. Damn. <laughs> you got it. All right, so the last question <clears throat> is, how is the world out of balance when it comes to masculine and feminine energy? Yeah, well, we said we were going to talk about it, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Our political leaders. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, we, talk to me. We start starting off high. Ooh, talk to we me. Starting off high. I didn't know you I didn't know she was going with this yes. one. Yes. Talking about it. I'm curious. Hit me with it. So as you know, <laughs> many of our world leaders are men. Ooh, okay. As we live in a patriarchal world. I think I world. might see where you going with this. <laughs> and looking at what masculine men have done with this world. Fellas, we might be taking an L on this one. <laughs> As far as the wars, hold on, fellas. As far as the conquering, stay strong. As far as the pillaging and Not raping good. and colonization, Not looking good. Whew. Get out of here. I'm just saying, fellas. Some feminine energy might have been nice. <laughs> Look at the prime. Is the prime minister of New Zealand? Oh yeah, yeah. She killed it. They had a one mass shooting. Guns were now in control. They banned assault rifles, uh, semi-automatic mm-hmm. assault rifles, like day one. To me, that's next not day, an overcorrection. <laughs> that is not. She was like, "Oh no, we're not. We're not doing this." Okay. Sounds about right. And it, you again balance people. Like sometimes you need empathy, right? Offering aid without exploiting the country, America. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, shit. You called me on that one. Mm. Ah, I'm just oh, saying, shit. like, 
Oh shit. If you, if you are the leader of a world, I'm gonna need you to be tapped into your feminine energy to know how to nurture your citizens. How about offering resources <laughs> to the homeless community? How about offering resources to the food insecure America? How about the $2,000 checks that happen to not be $2,000? They really aren't, are they? No. I didn't get that 600, y'all. <laughs> so a lot of people haven't. Fuck America. Anyways. <laughs> Meanwhile, other people got 2,000 a month. Anyways. Checks is coming in. So, so there's there's a lot of different examples you can go with that, but that that's all I got to say right now. <laughs> Just starting there, okay? That would also uh, contribute to the out of balance nature of the workplace. Mm. Especially in corporate America, um, hmm. where is again very male dominated, very masculine male dominated, um, and women who are in those places also have to be in their masculine energy. So it's just yeah, really it's out of balance, yeah. really out of balance with feminine. And again, we talked about True. this on one of the hmm. episodes in the series where it's like if you're on a team. That's relationships. You do have to collaborate. You do have to understand and listen to each other. You can't just be rah, 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 it's my way, the highway, you know? So it's like, there's definitely areas where feminine energy can be beneficial to the workplace. Fuck ethics. <laughs> you know? Like having some ethical, just kind of values within your workplace can, that might help. you know, just be a better world. Goodness. It's just, it's so much, y'all. It's so much. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, the last thing I was gonna say is uh, education. Mm. Education is out of balance. Now, this is interesting because many of the teachers are women, um, and a lot of people don't have male teachers until college, where mm -hmm. that's more professors. You know. Um. Mm. So it's 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 very interesting that dynamic, and you can see it in some of the other jobs. Like, uh, there's a lot more women nurses and a lot more male doctors. Or men doctors. Sorry for the for the change of language. Um, and then uh, hmm. what's some other professions? That's all I can think about for now. Um, um, stewardess versus pilots. Ooh, yes, yes. There's definitely a lot more uh, uh, women uh, stewardess I don't even and know men pilots. Pilot, yo. Yeah, like this is definitely that's definitely a factor. Um, and again. Why, and then also within our field, nope. uh, within MFTs, there's more women, but within psychologists, nope, that's not you either. I mean, you, you, you holding it, you holding it down for the men, but a, a, a lot more men, uh, go out to be psychologists. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, but it's also this level bag. of prestige type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, you can definitely see it in the jobs that, that people <clears throat> take. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's. <sighs> There's no reason behind that, <laughs> you know? Like, there's no reason at all behind that. It's just culture. That's the way that we've been shaped and we've been programmed, so that's what happens. There's there's no reason behind any of that. But as far as education, just because these are the people who are bringing up the next generation of humanity, mm. um, I think there needs to be... And, there, and there's definitely starting to be, as mental health and emotional health is starting to be discussed more within the classroom. And even though I will say we're already putting too much on our teachers, so you all need to, like, school systems need to bring in therapists. Like, this is not, this should not be all on yeah, the teacher. We need to way do. more therapists, period. I mean, yeah, but the whole education system needs to be revamped. I mean, Facts. like, trashed and then restarted, basically. But, um. Because. 
by the time those textbooks come out, mm-hmm. it's too late. That information yeah. is old. Yeah. Where that like stuff is moving fast, yeah, y'all. Like you better off learning a lot of stuff from YouTube because you at least know that was uploaded you at know, a certain time. Exactly. Yeah. Like to print and to do a whole yeah. book and to do all yeah. that. It's a lot. It's that's a, a lot. year process, That's damn near. That information might be totally out of date by mm-hmm. then. But I, I was thinking uh, the out of balance in terms of education when it comes to uh, you know these police or security in our schools Ooh. and the and the especially damn. how it how it impacts black and brown children of of you know the the violence that some of these kids experience at the hands of these cops. And it's like, they aren't taking into account, like that's a human being that deserves respect Mm. one, but two taking a feminine approach as opposed to a masculine approach, like understanding what is going on with that child Mm, that's leading them to behave in that behavior, you know, like, um, yeah. To expand on that, the same thing, um, in our communities when it comes to policing, like the push to defund mm-hmm. is a push towards more femininity and understanding social workers, yeah. social workers mm-hmm. understanding the plight of those who might commit a crime before they do it. Yeah. Preventative. Preventative measures versus punitive measures. And reactive. Yeah. You know, proactive versus reactive. You know, all those things make sense in a society. Now I'm not saying that like, yo, again, with the balance, I'm, if y'all listen to this channel, you know I, I'm trying to get this gun. You know I'm trying to... I, I'm not the pushover. <laughs> so, like, I'm not the dude who's like, we can't have anything. We shouldn't do this. I'm the person who's like, I want everybody... I would prefer everybody know how to fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody has a firearm, handgun, not automatic, not nothing crazy. What you need that for? And everyone should be tested on said handguns like a driver's yes. test i want to we can have a driver's test and, not and a, a background <laughs> check right you do all that in a mental DMV. health evaluation <laughs> and you can't do none of that for a gun i don't get it i don't get it at all yeah. it, it never made any sense to me like you should always i always thought you should have a license to carry a gun like literally like a license that you had to earn not just and a you license. have to go to the gun range yes. and learn how to properly like you shoot. You have to have a certain competency of mm-hmm. accuracy, mm-hmm. safety, mm-hmm. where to put it, where to place it, yes. all that stuff. You have to pass all that before you get your gun. Mm-hmm. That would deter most of y'all because y'all don't have the discipline. <laughs> y'all be like, we got to do what for this? Man, let me get it illegally. And then when you do it illegally, we'll lock your ass up. <laughs> just my thoughts on it. But that's one example. Uh... How else in the world are we out of balance when it comes to masculinity and femininity? I would say when it comes to our whole financial structure. Mm-hmm. Andrew Yang talked about this before when he talked about UBI. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of his incentives for it was the fact that a lot of the jobs that women do. Oh, oh. it's all good. <laughs> we ran out of um, uh, battery life for the the, the camera, camera, but it's all good. Did I'm it a, save? I'm a, yeah, it always saves. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, like all the stuff we had is on there. Um, but I'm gonna wrap it up because we 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 went over a little bit on this episode for the camera, but I could still wrap up the last question. Yeah, you're so, good. um, on the audio. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the UBI that Andrew Yang was discussing, he was looking at it from the perspective of a lot of the jobs that are done are uncelebrated or unreward, uh, un, uh, go un, unrewarded mm-hmm. because of the nature of them. The nature of them is feminine. Uh, is feminine. So like 
being a stay-at-home mom, you don't get paid for being a stay-at-home mom. Sure, Yet don't. you're still doing all those things that it's a job. clearly have value, right? If it didn't have value, why would you be doing it? Why is there such an emphasis on being a caretaker? Mm-hmm. You're taking care of the next generation, yes. but that's not a pay-for-job. So the same thing when it comes to just like intangible things. They don't pay teachers either. Teachers as well, but like if you're a person who is a mentor to somebody, mm-hmm. you're not going to get necessarily unless you're that's your business. You're not going to get paid for that, mm-hmm. but that's an investment in your community and your time. Mm-hmm. Volunteering, mm-hmm. Um, just like un- like these things that we don't think about where people are either underpaid or undervalued mm-hmm. and it's only because of the nature of what they do. It's not seen as valuable from a masculine perspective. Yeah, that's true. And because of that, the U the whole UBI uh, experiment was like, yo, everybody deserves a thousand, <laughs> regardless of what you do, I because mean, you're a human being. COVID definitely was like that. Shit proved that that shit works too, because mm-hmm. everybody's like, look, this motherfucking Yang had a good, he had the you right know, idea, he had the right idea. A Give thousand me that a month would just no, just if nope. we had UBI, we would be good during COVID, because a thousand a month combined with like the unemployment that they did, mm-hmm. everybody would have been good. Instead of us getting what a grand total of Jesus, <laughs> I only I only got the twelve hundred. <laughs> like we'll see. I don't, and because I didn't get the six hundred, I'm skeptical about the fourteen. I'm like, well, I think the fourteen is gonna be good. The, the why six, I didn't get the six then? The Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do what everybody else do blaming on Trump. <laughs> I got the twelve hundred under Trump. Shit. Oh, well, he was trying to get elected. So. <laughs> But anyways, I think that was it. That was, that was, that was the that was the biggest example I think I had. Okay. But yeah, y'all. Well, this was a great show. You know, we went over. That's how you know. You know? <laughs> that's why I was like, if only you know other segment, this be good. You was right about that. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't know what's going to be up for next week, but thank you so much. Right. We, we, we're we back listening. to like having a... To schedule our um, week-to-week <laughs> week yeah. week episodes, but thank you so much for joining us on the series. Yes, this series. Yes. Like, if you if you haven't, if this is your first time listening, go back, yo, listen to the rest of the episodes, yeah. and, and pick which one uh, resonates with you. Like, if you you're more on the feminine side, yo, listen to Rocky talk about her femininity, her journey, and all these other things. If you're more on the masculine side, listen to me on, on when it comes to the men and, and what we were doing on that side and, and my journey and how I got to. Be more secure in my masculinity and femininity. And then, you know, listen to the balance. <laughs> listen to all the balance episodes where we talk about the balanced world, the balanced relationships. So just get informed. Um, listen to some of the things we were talking about because we're coming from a place of knowledge of these social structures from not only therapy, but our education. And we bring in our lived experience mm-hmm. so that you can kind of relate. We're not like some robot therapists were like well what you need to do is this uh, the maslow's hierarchy of needs says that no we'll mention that but we're also actually giving you examples from our real lives and i think that's the difference because i think too many people are maybe that's the imbalance <laughs> too many people who had the knowledge they're elitist Mm-hmm. They all snooty with it. Like, nah, I want to share this. Right. I want everybody to, to have this knowledge. Yes. So that's what we're doing out here. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Thank you for listening. Yes. <laughs> so remember to check out the rest of our Finding Balance series. Stay tuned for a whole new episode next week. We're excited to, to keep this going. You already know. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes, please. Get them numbers up. My Thank birthday you. is next week, y'all. Yes. Come on. Let's celebrate Oso's 30th birthday. Come on. For my 30th? YouTube subscription. Come on, y'all. Spread the word. Yes. Help your boy out. Yes. <laughs> Actually, by the time this airs, it'll be your birthday. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> get them numbers up it's my birthday today (laughs) but all right thank you so much for listening to it's so real with your girl rocky and your boy oh so you have a beautiful day take care of you all right y'all peace and love always and you know this (laughs) (laughs) we out